now a life of peacefulness. Deep within my heart abides since the day that Jesus took my sins away. And to heaven I will go to spend the endless ages while they ever roam. Praising his name for the glorious day that he saved my soul. I remember the day. I remember the day. When the Lord saved me. When the Lord saved me. All of heaven came down. All of heaven came down. I was happy and free. I was happy and free. Glory filled my soul. Glory filled my soul. For I knew the Lord had made me whole. I shall never forget the day when the Lord saved me. When the Lord saved me. I remember the day. I remember the day when the Lord saved me. When the Lord saved me. All of heaven came down. All of heaven came down. I was happy and free. I was happy and free. Glory filled my soul. Glory filled my soul. For I knew the Lord had made me whole. I shall never forget the day when the Lord saved me. When the Lord saved me. I shall never forget the day when the Lord saved me. When the Lord If you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die of fighting, it is no disgrace. Coward in the service, he will find no place. So keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad. Keep on the firing line. I will praise the Savior for the call we had. Keep on the firing line. When we see the souls that we have helped to win, leading them to Jesus from the paths of sin. With the shadow welcome, we will all march in. So keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line.
Testing, testing. This is a national test, a test from the National Weather Association. For the next 30 seconds, you will hear a buzzing sound. Buzz. That's good. It's good to be here tonight. Isn't it great you can have fun in church? Amen. Now, a lot of people don't believe in having fun in church, and that's okay. Just don't have fun in church if you don't believe it. But don't stop us who do believe it's good to have fun in church. Don't let us, don't stop us from having fun. Of course, you're not going to stop us anyway. You're still going to have fun. But I just wanted to mention that. It makes me feel better, and I hope it makes you feel better. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of James, chapter number 10. James chapter number 1, not 1-0. Oh, there's not 10 chapters in the book of James, as far as I know. I one time read it, so I'm, I'm pretty sure there's not. But uh, anyway, James chapter number 1. James chapter number 1. And if you would, please, out of respect and honor for God's Word, would you stand with me if you're physically able? And if not, that's fine too. We totally understand. James chapter 1. Let's begin reading in verse number 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Boy, that's a good thought, isn't it? Just don't err. Don't go away. Every good gift, this is good, and every perfect gift is from above, and come but down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us from the, with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay aside all uh, filthiness and superfluency of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man, I'm sorry, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like the man beholding uh, his fa natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh in perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he, shall, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Father, we need you. We need you, we need you. You know, several times today and early this morning, I begged you to give us something tonight. And I know there's people all over this room that's been praying for you to do something in our services. Father, I believe you answer prayer. And you said, you have not because you ask not. And you ask amiss, may consume upon your lust. We're not asking to consume on our lust. We're asking because we want you to do a work in our hearts. We want you to examine our heart. We want you to turn our hearts toward you and toward righteousness. We want you to take and change our philosophies, that they'll be biblical philosophies. We want you to change our heart when we're going the wrong direction and turn us around. If we need repentance, give us repentance. If we need uh, revival, give us revival. If we need to get saved, help us to realize we need to get saved. Father, you do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, speak with us tonight. Meet with us rather than tonight. Speak to us. Speak through me and have your way in this service. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In James chapter 1, we see an interesting little sideline, if you would, sidebar maybe, maybe some people would say. And he's referring to the Word of God. You notice every good gift comes down from Father above. Boy, the Word of God's a gift to us, I believe. And then he says, of his own will beguide us with the word of truth. 
that we should be kind of first fruits of his creatures. And then he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, be, let him be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. And then he starts and says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, all filthiness, and superfluity of naughtiness, filthiness and naughtiness, and receive with meekness. Notice the next word, uh, two, three words. The, what's the next two words? Engrafted word. And notice what the results of that is. Which is able to save your souls. But he says, but be ye a doer of the word. And not hear only, deceiving your own selves. For being and be a hearer of the word. And not a doer, he's like the man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth him and go, himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into perfect law of liberty. What's the law of liberty? It's the word of God. And many times he mentions the word in verse number 18. He mentions the word in verse number 21. He mentions the word in verse number 22. He mentions the word in verse number 23. And then he says he mentions the word in verse number 25. In the midst of that, he says this. For if he may be hear the word, not a doer, he is likened the man beholding his natural face in a glass. Years ago, I went on a trip to, I believe it was a Mennonite place where those, the Mennonite people lived. And we went there to their, how they did everything and so forth. We took a field trip with a school I was at in Roanoke, Indiana. And they took us into one of the houses they had set up you paid for this tour. And they took them one of the houses and there was one unique thing. They had no mirrors in the house. They said the reason they had no mirrors is because you might be vain. And I've mentioned this here before, but it might mean your vanity. You're vain if you look at yourself. I don't know about them, but man, I need a mirror. It's not nothing to do with vanity. It's got to do with keeping them hurting somebody else's eyes. You know, you know some people jump. You, you watch these shows and there'll be somebody laying on the bed asleep. And they'll get up. And their hair's all combed and everything's done. And if it's a lady, her hair, if she's rolled her hair, her hair's still rolled. When I get up, it's amazing. Let me give a sidebar on it before I finish this story. When I was a boy, they had at 12 o'clock at night on Saturday night, it, it, there was a show that came on called Shock Theater. And it was scary movies. And I forget, one of them was about the, the, uh, the fly man. And this man was experimenting where he could take something and put somebody in there and, and they could change them and so forth. And he didn't know it, but he was standing there in it and, he, and a fly got in there. And when they turned it on, the fly got his head. So this little fly is running and going, Hey, what about that? Hey, what about that? And it had a man's head on it. And the man came out with this big old a fly's head. Oh, that big old fly head. And man, I looked at that. Boy, it scared me. Especially when they did the vampire ones. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, man, I could, I, I'd go to bed at night worried that one of those vampires going to come show up and take care of me, you know. And I was going to get bit and I was going to become a vampire. But I didn't want to be a vampire. But, you know, I get up in the mornings. Now, I'll go back to the story. I get up in the mornings. And I go and I look in the mirror and it's like shock theater all over again. I go, whoa, what is that? Oh, okay, that's just me. Whoo, for a minute there, it scared the fool out of me. I didn't know what I was doing. Now, some of you don't have that problem, but I do. 
I only have three hair. Uh, two really, but if you count the one that I twirl around, it makes it look like two. All right? Uh, three, I mean. And, and it's everywhere. And it looks like I had a hard night. It looks like, man, that guy, you know, somebody gets up and you go, man, he must have had a rough night. It looks like I had a rough night. I need that mirror. Because if not, everywhere I went, it'd be like this. Oh, oh, it's just a, this, a guy. It'd be shock theater for them all over, just like it was for me. I need that mirror. So I can try to figure out how to make something out of this mess that I got. I mean, you don't have that problem. I have that problem. And so I need a mirror. So I wouldn't be able to make it with the Mennonites. I wouldn't. Uh, in fact, they would, after about two or three days, they would get me a mirror. All right? They'd say, right, we'll make exceptions for that dude. He needs a mirror. He'd that or shave his head, one or the other. And maybe if they shaved my head, which might be a good idea, maybe I wouldn't have to have a mirror then. But man, I need that mirror. I do. I need it. Everybody else that sees me knows I need it, and they think I need it also. Amen. Thank you for the, the wrong time to say amen. <laughs> wrong time. Uh, you always got one of them in every crowd, though. Every crowd, you got one. So you know what we need? We need a mirror. That natural face he saw in a glass was in a mirror. God makes several comparisons to the Word of God. He calls the Word, he calls it a hammer. That breaketh the rock in pieces. The Word of God's called uh, uh, several other things, like it's, it's called light. That word is a light in my feet, and a, lamp, a lamp in my feet, and a light in my path. And several other words are used to describe the Word of God. In this passage, he's talking about the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the law of liberty, and he says, and he says, he is likened a man beholding his natural face. Oh, okay, excuse me, in a glass. He's looking in a mirror. Isn't it great that we have mirrors? Amen. You ladies that put on makeup, don't you like it you have mirrors? And some of you like those that, those that magnifies, you know, and so forth, and magnifies it, you know, and then you can really see how to put all the makeup on. I don't have to worry about that, thank God. And, uh, but, you know, magnifies it. I don't want the magnifying one. What I see is bad enough. I do not want to see it magnified. That's for sure. And, but, I, but I love the fact that I have a mirror that I can look into. I also love the fact that I have a mirror that I can look into. Because I need it. You see, I don't know about you, but I figured out a long time ago, we're all just a bunch of sinners. We're all a bunch of folks that deserve to go to hell. And the best of us, we men in this room, the very best of us are at best just a man. Let me say it again. We men in this room, the best of us, whoever that might be, the best one, is at best just a man and nothing more. And sometimes we don't realize we need a mirror. Because when you get up in the morning, if you're not careful, it's shock theater. And you need a mirror. And sometimes other people, they see you and they say, that guy needs a mirror. Not for his natural face, but for his spiritual face. Not for his natural man, for his spiritual man. Because of what I see. Now I realize the spiritual man's not sinful, the natural man is. Okay, don't, don't hit me on theology, all right? I'm just making a statement and trying to illustrate it, all right? So in this story, we see the glass. And God uses this illustration of a man looking to the mirror to compare 
a man looking into God's Word to a man saying, what have I here? When I look in the mirror, I'm seeing a reflection back of my physical appearance. I usually try to make sure my tie's tied straight. And I look in the mirror. I can tie it. When you've tied a tie as many times as I have, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times, I can tie a tie. But I always look. I want to make sure it's straight. I want to make sure the knot looks good. I want to make sure it's where it's supposed to be. And so therefore, I make sure that I look into that mirror. And uh, when I'm shaving down here and, and trimming up, I look in the mirror because I want to make sure I'm doing it the way I should do it and what it looks like. When I'm taking care of myself, I look into a mirror. I, look, I put on a pair of pants, I look in the mirror and make sure I don't have something on those pants. I usually look at them before. You know, we don't suit pants, we don't wash them every day, don't dry clean them every day. So we look in the mirror to see. As I look into this mirror, it reflects back to me my physical appearance. But when I look into this mirror, it reflects back to me my spiritual appearance. What I really look like to God. So I need to make sure I look into this mirror as much or more than I look into this mirror. And if I don't, I'm going to be in trouble. Now I want you to notice in this passage, there's two major responses to them looking into God's Word and the reflection that they see, that He said you'd see. Look, if you would, please, with me. It says, For if any be a hearer of the Word, not a doer, is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself. He stops and looks carefully at himself. And goeth his way. Notice this, straightway forgetteth what manner man he was. And that word straightway means immediately, directly, at once. He goes, looks, sees what needs to be taken care of, and then turns around and quickly goes away and does absolutely nothing about it. That's the first response we can have. See, we can come to church, and we can hear the Word of God preached, and we can hear the Word of God taught in a Sunday school class, and preached in a service. And we can walk out of the church service and quickly go away and totally forget everything we were taught and everything we heard. And there's absolutely no change. There's nothing to ever change our life. We're still the same as we were before. If anything, we just complain about what we heard. Because we didn't agree with it. I'll say this and I'll move on. We've got a lot of younger preachers who now have decided they don't like the way we do things. So they criticize us. And they'll say one thing. Well, you just need more theology. Can I break a word down for you? I believe words are very important. Theology comes from the Greek word theos. is the first part of it. Theos is a Greek word for God. God is the theos. Ology means study of. Let's break the word down. God, study of. What does that mean? Study of God. Everything's not theology. They're talking about being theology. Well, you need more theology. Then study God, bro. Get out there and study God. Get in the book and study God. Well, I got to know more theology, so I got to read more books. I got a good one for you. It's called the Bible. You want to learn about theology? 
Get in the book. It'll tell you all about God. In fact, if you want to know something about God, that's the only place you're going to find it. I don't care what brother so-and-so said and doctor so-and-so said and evangelist so-and-so said and, and professor so-and-so said. What does God say? Hello? You want to know about God? I need more theology. Brother, you need to read more theology. You need to read this book by so-and-so and this book by so-and-so. No, I need to read the book by God. Because after all, I'm studying about God. Well, that'll really kink their style on it. And they, you Go ahead. They can call me what they're going to call me. You're just shallow and, and not deep. I don't want to be deep. I want to be, I want to be serving you know if I know, if I read a book on theology, not one person gets saved from it? Did you hear me? Not one person is going to get saved. But if I get out there past and I knock on doors and I have tracks in my pocket, which I don't have at this moment, I do in, my, in the car and in my other pockets. But if I got a track, I can go up to somebody and say, hey, sir, I'm Ricky Moon from Shawnee Baptist Church because that's where I'm from. How you doing? It's good to see you. Thank you. Hey, I got a little track here. I don't, but let's pretend I do, all right? And, uh, and I give it to you and say, hey, here's a little track. And maybe I've talked to him for seven minutes and say, you know what little track? I want to invite you to church. And I'm from Shawnee Baptist, like I said. Do you have a church you attend? I do. You do? Yes. Good. Where do you go? Community Baptist. Temple. Is that right? Good. Oh, that's wonderful. I heard about that pastor over there. Oh, my soul did I hear about it. Anyway, but, but watch this. Watch this. Well, let me ask you. What's your first name again? Peter. Peter. Peter, let me ask you a question. I know you go to church, but so did I all my life. To Baptist church. I went Sunday morning to Sunday school. Sunday morning worship service. I went to Sunday night training hour. I went to Sunday night preaching service. I went to Wednesday night Bible study. When they had vacation Bible school, I went to vacation Bible school. When they had revival, I went Monday morning, uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. I went every time the doors opened. But I didn't know for sure I was going to heaven until I was 18. As an 18-year-old young man, I got born again. I got saved. I remember the day when he saved my soul. I don't sing that to them, okay? That was stoned in extra because those guys sung. Understand Peter, right? Yes. Uh, understand Peter, that was just stoned in. I'll come back to now what I was doing. Sure. I get on the sidetrack and I forget even where I'm at anyway. The good part about it is when I lose my train of thought, if I stay there long enough, sometimes the train comes back around. If you're lucky. Yeah. If I'm lucky, yeah. And I don't believe in luck, so I'm in trouble too or again. But see, I didn't know for sure I was going to heaven. Peter, let me ask you a question. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven or would you have some doubt? Absolutely for sure. Good. And how do you know that? Because the Bible says I am. And what's, how's the Bible say that? What's that? How do you know the Bible says that? What did you do? Because I read it. You read the Bible? Read, and that, that means you're going to heaven because you read yeah. the Bible? Yes, sir. I'm getting you in trouble now, aren't I? <laughs> okay. I know where I'm going. You, 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 got, you got saved. Y'all want my track back, you heathen. All right, anyway. No, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you, Peter. Hey, can I tell y'all something? Just because they go to church doesn't mean they're saved. I think I mentioned this, but the lady uh, a week ago in the, in, the, in, the, in the hospital, I was one of our 95-year-old guy in our church, Lloyd Hoagland, be 96 in April, broke his hip. When they break their hip and they're that old, it's usually sayonara. They're done. He broke his hip. That old, that old guy, it's hard to put him down. I went to the hospital and they did a surgery and I went in there and I got there. They didn't know what time it was going to happen. So they couldn't tell me. I don't know why. So I thought, okay, I'll take a shot and go at this time. And they just left with him. And they wouldn't let me go back and see him. And so I sat there, and the lady helps take care of him. And I may have mentioned this this week. Sitting there, she comes to our, she's come to our church, I don't know how many times. And I, I just said, tell me about when you got saved. 
She goes, well, I didn't, I've never done that. About 30 minutes later, she got saved. Now, here's what I'm saying. Don't you think they're saved because they said they go to Community Baptist Temple? Don't you think they're saved because they say, I go to Shawnee Baptist Church? So did she every once in a while. It's amazing. Somebody was telling me the other day about somebody where a church has already been shut down. And they said, oh, we go to certain, certain church. They said, really? You go there? Yeah. Apparently, they went there often. Church had been shut down for years. Right? I'll say, yeah, who's the pastor over there now? And they go, well, I can't remember his name. I'm thinking, if you don't know his name, you haven't been to church, all right? Watch this. I'd a lot rather be doing that than reading books on theology. Have I read books on theology? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I certainly have. And I'm for it. But they want to make, Dave, they want to make, but they want to make us weak and shallow because we don't read all these books and give them some kind of big dispensation. I tell you what, you need a dispensation on getting people saved and keeping people out of hell. Because hell is going to be hot and there's going to be a lot of people go there and narrows the way it leads to, and the, and the, uh, the, to the kingdom of hell. And there's righteousness and wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many there be that go in there. At. I need to keep people out of hell. Hey, well, that's all y'all believe is on soul winning. No, we believe in keeping people out of hell. Call it what you want to call it. I don't care what you call it. I look into that mirror and I say, I got problems. I need to correct them. Here's the two major responses. You just leave it and forget it. Notice what he said. Straightway, uh, he says, and he goeth his way. He just leaves. Straightway forgetteth what manner man he was. He looked in the mirror and saw what he was and turned around and walked off and just left it. Just left it. But here's the second major response. Verse 25, but whoso looked for the perfect law of liberty, and notice the next word, continueth. Excuse me, you know what that means? To remain. He remains therein. He just continues. He doesn't quit looking. And he says, I've got to find out what's going on. I need this book. I got problems, Peter. I got problems. I got to take care of them. I need help. Don't we all? How many, how many perfect people do you know? I only knew one. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody else is a sinner saved by grace for going to heaven. For by grace you saved through faith, not of yourself, it's the gift of God, not of works, since a man should both. That's the only way I know they're going to heaven. I am the way to the truth. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He remains and starts correcting the problems. Now that's the responses that he gave in this passage. But he also gives some reasons for looking to God's Word. Because he looks into that Word, the Bible says, and beholds his natural face and beholdeth himself. When you look into God's Word, it shows you what, it shows us what we look like outwardly when we look into, into God's Word. You say, really? Yeah. Shows us how we're, how we're supposed to dress. People don't like to hear that one. How we're supposed to walk. How we're supposed to live. It tells us. If we really want to look into the Word and look into the mirror, it shows me what I'm supposed to look like outwardly. Let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine before men that they may see with their physical eyes, see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
But pastor, the outside don't matter. After all, when they were choosing a king in, for, to replace Saul, they picked David and they said it's, it, 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 that it was the inside. Don't be dumb as a concrete block. <laughs> don't be. I, 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 they come off with some of the craziest things to say, I can live any way I want to. Last week, I was at the hospital, and I walked in with a, with a suit coat and a tie on, like, not this one, but one like this, and a dress pants and a tie. And I walked up there, and I got my, I had the Norton's uh, um, hospitals, they got several of them, but the one I was at was the one they called Norton's Pavilion, and the lady was in there. She'd had some surgery, and I went up there, and I talked to the lady, and she, you have to give them your name, and, and who you're going to see, and and so forth, and then uh, they have to take all that down, and then they give you a little sticker, and you put it on you. Since COVID, a lot of things have changed. She said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. And she said, are you a preacher? Now, I want to ask you a question. Now, be honest. Don't, don't, don't mess with me, all right? Be honest. If I'd walked in there with a pair of Bermuda shorts and a tank top on, it would have really been ugly. But if I'd have done that, with a pair of sandals on. And I'm not against wearing Bermuda shorts if you want to wear them. I'm not against wearing sandals if you want to wear them. I'm not saying that's sinful. I did not say that. But if I walked in there like that, you think she'd have asked me, was I a preacher? Listen to me now. Do you really think she would have asked me? Do you really? When a policeman goes undercover, he doesn't wear his police uniform, does he? Hello? He dresses like the people that he's undercover with. Don't tell me dress don't matter. Does that policeman? Does those people that policeman's dealing with? Okay, I got off on that and I'll get off it. All right. Shows you what you look like outwardly. But watch this. It shows you what you look like inwardly. And here's what it really does. Who you really are and how you look to God. When you look into this mirror, it just shows you what you look like outwardly. When you look into this mirror, it shows you what it looked like inwardly. And can I say something? That's the part of one. I said, but you just mentioned it. Showed outward and let you light. I know. The problem is, what's on the inside will work its way out if you get what the inside's right. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. Out of the heart, out of the heart, out of the heart. Starts with the heart. Look at me. Listen to me. This shows what you're really like on the inside. What you, who you really are. We can, I said it here night, last night, night before. We can walk the dog, man. We can, we can put on the show. Praise God, hallelujah. At the right, we even know when to say hallelujah. Not even hallelujah. We can even say hallelujah back in the sticks, can't we? Hallelujah. That guy's so far in the sticks. You have to go somewhere else to even get there. Sheila, <laughs> you remember the time we got off the road and went all over the world and ended up um, uh, uh, five miles or six miles from the highway, but if we'd gone across the river, um, across the, the, the regular way, and hadn't had to go down the road, we'd got there in about five seconds. Yeah, that's where he's at. <laughs> okay, I'm exaggerating, but not much. Am I? Truthfully. And that guy's building a church there. He's got a great church. Doing a fabulous job. He was, used to was. I don't know what he's doing now. Probably selling dope. I don't know. <clears throat> Nobody going to know but him and God. 
back that far back in the sticks, nobody else even go back there and check on you. You remember the old days when they get the whiskey thing, they call them the revenueers. I mentioned it a couple of days ago. They call them the revenueers to go get the people who's, where they had the uh, uh, bar made the whiskey, you know, their stills and stuff. Even the revenueers don't go where he's at. It's too far back. And I'm exaggerating, but not a lot. <laughs> look, when you look into this mirror, it shows you what you're really like. You can't fool it. You can't walk the dog. You can't say hallelujah or hallelujah at the right time. It don't matter. God's not impressed with that anyway. He could give a rip less of what you, that you know how to say hallelujah at the right time. I mean, I'm glad you do. But God's not impressed. God's impressed with what's in here. Because what's in here will work its way out eventually. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to look in the mirror of God's Word and find out what's inside. Because that's what's going to change our life. See, the Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, this mirror, sharpening a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing a son of soul and spirit, and of the joints and mire, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Even our motives, it'll show us. Pride or humility. Rebellion or obedience. Disobedient, dis, uh, dishonesty or honesty. Fear or faith. Unclean or clean. Impure or pure. Unholy or holy. Filled with apathy or filled with motivation and excitement. See, this book shows us all that when we look in the mirror. So it shows you what you look like outwardly. It shows you what you look like inwardly. It shows you what you need to change. You just read the Word of God. But we all, with our open face beholding as in the glass, that mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. It shows you what you need to change. Shows you how you can be changed. He beholdeth himself in the mirror. That word beholdeth, I said it earlier, means to regard with attention, especially as to see or learn something. To see it and learn, this is what's wrong with me. God's word shows me where I used to be and where God wants me to be and how I can get there. So God gives us some reasons for looking at his word, gives us some responses, but watch this. Look at the results as we look into his word. In the mirror of God's word. God's word gives us perception. Sometimes we're not perceptive. We don't pick it up. But the reflection you get when you look into this word is what you are, not what you think you are. Most of us, we don't realize... See, you're not what you think you are, you're what you think. And the guy thinks he's a good guy, but he thinks bad thoughts. He's not a good guy. He thinks he's holy, but he thinks unholy thoughts. He's not a holy guy. The guy thinks he's a pure person, but he has impure thoughts. He's not a pure person. A guy thinks he's obedient, but really he's, but, but really he's rebellious. It gives us perception, personal perception. It reflects what you... Here's what we do. We look at the Word of God and say, yeah, boy, that guy right there needs it. And can I say something? He does. But so do I. 
But I don't look into the Word of God to find out what you need. I look into the Word of God to find out what I need. I need it. I'm going to let you work in the Word of God. I don't need to necessarily know what you need. I need to know what I need. If I take care of myself, that'll be all right. Because that's a full-time job. And I have to take my lunch, breakfast, lunch, and supper, and the snack for after all, for the, for the late night, to try to get myself straightened out when I look into that word, the mirror. Because the reflection that comes back is not necessarily what I think I am. It's what I really am. And sometimes we forget that. That's why we got to stay in his word. What's he say? Let me see if I can quote it. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto to the mirror of God's word. That's what it is. So it's personal, a personal perception. I see me for what I really am. But watch this. It's a practical perception. It reflects what I need to do, and I've already talked about that some. See, the Word of God gives me a full body view. If I take a little bitty mirror, I can't see anything but whatever I'm pointing it right at. But when I get a big mirror like this, if I set it back further enough, I can see all of me. You know what I'm saying? Not yet, not yet. Now I can't. The Word of God gives you a full body view. So what do you mean? I mean, let this mind be in which also in Christ Jesus and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Casting down imaginings, everything is all except against the knowledge of, Christ, of God and bring to captivity every thought to the beings of Christ. First of all, it, sh- it gives me a view of my head, what's going on inside my head. Number two, it gives me a view of my eyes. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Therefore shall you lay up these five words in my heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontless between your eyes. It gives me a view of my head. It gives me a view of my eyes. It gives me a view of my ears. For the heart is of the people. His wax grows and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes have been closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. It gives me a view of my head, my eyes, my ears, my mouth. Set a watch from my mouth, O Lord, keep the doors of my lips. Gives me a view of my heart. We just read it a while ago. It is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Give me a view of my hands. Wherefore, come out among him and be ye separate, said Lord, and touch not, touch not, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Give me a view of my feet. The word is the lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. It gives me a few body, a total body view of who I am. gives me perception. It gives me persuasion. I know it's quick and powerful. and sharpening two-edged sword, piercing even dividing us under. It's piercing. It's a two-edged sword. It's a sword that God uses to persuade me as he cuts apart away at the wicked heart I have. As he takes the word of God, which is a sword, and begins to cut and cut and cut and cut. And I realize I have issues and he persuades me. I got to do something about this. I like this. His word produces the results. He gives, me, gives us production. James 1.25, But whosoever looked in perfect law, living, and continueth therein, he being a not, for, a not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be 
blessed in his deed. I can be blessed. I can be changed. I read it a while ago. We are changed in the same image as glory, glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me say this. How you respond to the reflection you see in the mirror will have these consequences. Here's the negative ones. Look at verse 22. But be you doers of the word, not hearers only. Notice this next word. Deceiving your own selves. When we look into the mirror of God's word, and we, we, we leave and forget, we're deceiving ourselves. You're deceiving yourself into believing something that's not even true. I look in there and see shock theater in the morning and I go, ah, whatever, and I walk off. It's kind of, that would be dumb. Honestly, it'd be dumb. And many of us look into the mirror of God's word and see what needs to be corrected and say, ah, not now. No, Lord, not now. No, Lord, not now. All right, I'll take care of that later. I'll take care of it later. You know, I should do that when I got saved. One of these days, I'm going to get saved. One of these days, I'm going to get saved. One of these days, I'm going to get saved. The Bible says, behold, to, now is except the time. Today is the day of salvation. I'm not guaranteed of tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed the next minute. That's why we're so aggressive on trying to reach the lost. Two reasons. One, the rapture may take place in any minute. Number two, they may die. The rapture is great for us, but not for them. Death is great for us. Be absent bodies, be present by the Lord. Woo! In His presence. For them to be absent bodies, be present in hell. That's why we're aggressive. People say, why are y'all so like that? Okay, I'll give you one question. And you answer, is there a hell? You answer that, and then you know why we're aggressive. We deceive ourselves. Not only that, he says, they're blessed. Well, what's the opposite if I don't do what he says? I'm deprived of those blessings. So not only do I deceive myself, I deprive myself of blessings. How many things have we deprived ourselves of because we wouldn't listen to what God said and do what he said to do? Some of you, they'll ask for a special offering. Right, get mad at him if you want to. Go ahead and get mad. I don't care. I'll get over it. I mean, you'll get over it. I won't get over it because I didn't go bother me. But you, you'll get over it. Pastor, I have to clean up my mess, but you'll get over it. All right? And they say we're having a special offering. And God speaks to your heart. You know what I'm talking about? I've been there. You've been there. Give this amount. And you feel in your heart, I need to give. God, what should I give? You may even come to the altar and pray. God, what should I give? And he lays it on your heart exactly what you ought to give. And you go, man, that's a lot of money. I got so many things I need. And God says, okay, don't give it. So you don't. God doesn't judge you on the spot. By the way, if it's your tithe, you don't make the decision of whether to give it. That's not an option. That's a commandment. And you're just rebellious and you're a thief. What you say? Boy. You never get the blessing. And there's another guy. He says, God, I don't, 
I don't have a clue I'm going to give that. But you did. I, I really believe you want me to give it. Sheila and I give over and above the tithe, obviously. All right? Y'all, not obviously, but we do, okay? Quite a bit. She's off work right now because of her knee. She said, Ricky, do you want me to keep giving what we've been giving when I was working and making money? And I said, yes. And here's why. Because God, you can't outgive God and he'll bless. Say, what if you ain't got any food to put on the table? Do I really need to eat every meal? Come on. Do I? Do I? This old boy's never done without one meal except when he chose to do without it. I've never had one bill that wasn't paid unless I chose not to pay it for some reason or forgot to pay it. I was telling pastor today, hallelujah today. Sheila said to me this morning, Ricky, you're paid off. Y'all didn't know I, I, was, I was in debt on me. When I had open heart surgery, I had a large deductible. I can't pay that big old large deductible off. It took me two years to get it paid, three years nearly to get it paid off. And today it's paid off. To God be the glory. He's good. It's paid off. Amen. It's a big debt that I don't have to have hanging on my head anymore. You know why it's paid off? Because I got a great God, that's why. You know why it's paid off? Because we keep giving over and above the tithe. That's why it's paid off. Because he said, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shake together, running over shall men give into your bosom. I just believe the word of God's true. I'm going to say it again. Didn't get enough amens. I just believe the word of God's true. And that's the word of God just as much as for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Both of them are the word of God and both of them work. Both of them are promises from God's word. And he's never failed on one single promise. I'm just going to keep giving. So, and I'm not saying it. I may lose my rewards for saying what I said a while ago. But I did it for your sake. Just because you keep giving. And I learned that from other Christians who said, I didn't have any money. One of my best friends back in, in, in Fort Wayne, I mean in Louisville. He got laid off work and was giving quite a bit of money and he had no money. His wife said, well, you're going to be at tithing. He said, we're going to give what we've been giving. She said, you have no income. He said, we'll give it anyway. We'll figure it out. He said, I gave it and never did without anything. And God blessed and gave me another job and I made more money. Oh, but that's just coincidental. Okay, go ahead and believe that if you want to. You want to miss the blessings? Miss the blessings. Brother, I want the blessings. See, we not only deceive ourselves, we deprive ourselves. Well, watch this. Let's go back to that blessing. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. Ha, 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 ha. The positive consequence is it's a, it, he delights himself in the blessings of Almighty God. Watch this. What for Leo? Part all filthiness, superfluence, and nonness, and receive with meekness and grafted work, which is able to save your souls. Not only is the blessing of him of the blessings, but how about salvation? You're sitting here tonight. I don't know about you. Peter, I was talking to him a minute ago. He was an 18-year-old boy. Even though I'd gone to church, I bowed my head and said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come to my heart and save me. I put my faith and trust in you. And I was sincere, dead sincere. I was sincere as I know how to be. And that day I got saved. I got born again. And when those guys sang a while ago, when he saved my soul, I, I went home that night. I've told it here before. But it's so good, I'm going to tell it again. Amen. I may tell it a hundred more times. I don't know. Maybe a million more times I get the opportunity. I went home that night and I told Mama. I said, Mama, I didn't even know the right terminology. I was as dumb as a concrete block. I'm still not much better, but I'm just a tad better. I went home and I said, Mom, I joined the church. She said, did you mean that? And I said, yes, I did. 
You got saved. I got saved. I went to my bedroom and got on my knees. For the first time in my life, I got on my knees and I knew that I knew that I knew that I was saved and I never, ever, 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 ever had to worry about going to hell again. I mean, I'm so saved. As a guy said from West Virginia, I'm so saved it's pitiful. I mean, I can't lose it. I can't take it away. I can't give it back. And I can't lose it because it gave me eternal, never-ending life. My name was written down in the Lamb Book of Life. And no matter what happens in the future, I am always and always will be saved. What a blessing. And it's because I obeyed, took God at His Word, and became not a hearer of His Word that I'd heard all those years, but I became a doer of His Word. And I found it out when I looked into the mirror of God's Word. I don't want to miss the blessings. How about you? Now here's our problem. I'll close. Are you willing to listen to Him? Are you just going to be a hearer or a doer? We all need to look in the mirror. When a preacher's preaching, God's giving you the mirror. When that Sunday school's teacher is teaching, we're looking in the mirror. When you take your private devotions, your personal time with God, and you start reading His Word, you're looking in the mirror. Now the question is, what are you going to do with it? You can deceive yourself. You can deprive yourself. Or you can delight yourself. You can turn and straightway, immediately, walk away. And forget what you heard. Or you can continue, remain, and be a doer, not just a hearer. When you look into the mirror of God's holy word. Now the question tonight is, what are you going to do about it? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Right now, I'm confident of this. I, pray, I woke up this morning early. I was up way early this morning praying. I laid in bed and prayed for about 30 minutes and said, I'm not going back to sleep even though it's early. I'm going to get up. And I got up. And I began to pray, dear God, tonight, there's people going to be at church tonight. They need to hear not from Ricky Moon because he has absolutely, totally nothing to tell them. He's a worthless sinner. And you know it. And I am a worthless sinner. But there's people there that have, have needs. They have burdens. They have heartaches. They're hurting. They got a hole in their heart. Or they're struggling with some sin and something. And they really, I mean, they're the good people. They want to do it. They want to do right. They want to be here. They want to change their life. God, would you help them? God, would you do something tonight? Do something special that only you can do. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill them. Holy Spirit, it's your service. Do something in our heart and our life. And I just believe God answers prayers. Now, what is it God's spoken to you about? Is it a sin you need to get rid of? Is it something you need to start doing? What is it? I don't know. It could be a, a plethora of things. It could be a many, many things. But you know what it is because the Holy Spirit pinpointed it in your heart. Are you going to be a hearer or a doer? If you hear him walk away, you deceive yourself and deprive yourself. If you're here and continue, you'll be blessed. It's up to you. Father, bless this invitation like only you can. 
I do not want to waste their time. I love this pastor. I think he's a good, good man of God. I believe he loves you with all of his heart. Perfect? Nope. Nope. I know he's not because he's human. God, I know this. I believe he wants what's best for this church with all of his heart and always has. God, you bless and fill him and his precious family, his wife, his family. And God, for these men, I'm so honored when they shake my hand and talk to me. They make me feel like a king, and I know I'm a nobody. Some of these ladies have talked to me. I know I'm a nobody. I know it. I'm not just saying it to be saying it, to shoot the breeze and try to sound, oh, look at his false humility. I'm serious. I know I'm nothing. I know I'm worthless. But I know you're great. And I know you can even take an old worthless piece of junk and use it for your honor and glory. When the master gets a hold of it. Would you bless tonight? Please, master. Get a hold of our old wicked hearts and do something tonight. Bless this invitation in Christ's name. Our, our heads are bowing our souls. Would you stand to your feet? The piano begins to play the invitation song. Many have come forward. Will you join them? Will you come to the nearest aisle down now the front and find your places this altar and do business? No, don't sit there and just sit there. Come on, right now. God's speaking. That's right. That's right. That's right. Find your way to the nearest altar. Down on. Do what God tells you. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer. Look into that mirror and say, I need to do this. And then have the courage and the character to do it. Nearest aisle, down the aisle of the front, find your place in this altar. You need to talk to the pastor, he'll be down here, or, or one, of the, one of the men will, and they'll talk to you. You need a lady, they'll find a lady that can talk to you and you can get things done. Do it right now. You're here and you're not saved. Hey, you've lied about it enough, you've, you've made excuses far enough. Tonight should be the day, of, today should be the day of your salvation. Yeah, but you don't know, people will think, I don't care what people think, I'm not going to hell for people. I want to go to heaven. And I want you to go. People think I'm crazy, but I, it's okay. Let them think what they want to think. I still care about people. I care about your hurts. I care about your wants. I care about your needs. My heart breaks every time I see a person lose a family member and see them weeping and crying, and my heart goes out. I can't do anything about it. It hurts. The worst thing about preaching funerals is I can't change it. I cannot bring their loved one back, and I cannot feel the hole in their heart. Only the Holy Spirit can bring the comfort they need. Would you come tonight? Let God have His way in your heart. Be a doer, not a hearer. Look into the mirror and respond to that mirror and say, I see it. I see it. I see it. I'm going to make the changes. Please, I beg you in Jesus' name. Pastor.